0: Up the back in the eucalypts. Yes. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yes, hello. My name's David. I'm from Ballarat. Uh nice to be at Karakalinga Camp once again. Um, I grew up uh, coming to this camp every Christmas and then, of course, started coming to ke- uh, teens camps, kids camps before that and so on. So it's a um, pretty special place for me like it is for many of you as well. I don't think we've ever had a meeting out here, though, have we, Pastor Paul? Not for a while. Not for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we can, uh, we, we'll enjoy it, and the rain stops, so it's good. Uh, in Ballarat this year, we've had, um, we've had three baptisms. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're an assembly of um, a little over 35, maybe 40, um, it is quite a lot. And um, when those people actually stick around, uh, it's even better. <laughs> it's uh, action time. And um, it's really, it's something that makes your whole walk click into place uh, when you're involved with, with evangelism, when you're involved with new people, when you're involved in bringing them up in the, in the ways of the Lord, uh, when you're involved with praying with them to receive, praying with them to make sure their prayer life gets established, uh, and following them up, giving them lists to meetings, making sure they know where everything is and so on. All of a sudden there's not much time for much else. And a lot of us in Ballarat have found that that's been the case for us, particularly in the latter half of this year. So um, uh, we're, we're, really, we're really rejoicing and, and quite happy uh, in Ballarat at the moment with our new people. Um, so if you ever want to visit, feel free. We're just up the highway. It's not as far as Melbourne uh, and you can do it easily in a day. Uh, you're more than welcome to come. Now, before our Bibles get really wet, let's go to uh, Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 49. And we'll start reading in verse 24. The Lord, uh, through the prophet, asks a question here. In verse 24 of Isaiah 49, we read Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? The prey. The prey is something that is hunted. Think of those, all those David Attenborough uh, documentaries you've seen where the, uh, the lioness stalks its prey from the cover of the long grass, all of that sort of thing. Well, the prey is that poor old antelope who inevitably uh, gets eaten uh, somewhere toward the end of the documentary. That's the prey. And the antelope may have escaped the day before and the day before that and the day before that, but the antelope must know that lurking in that grass every day is, uh, is a lion And the lion's going to have a go at it and it's going to have to try and get away from it once again. That's what it's like to be prey to something. That's what it's like to be hunted by something. And in our life, sometimes we can feel like there's something after us. Sometimes we feel like there's that thing that's bugging us or even worse, getting us. Something that we're looking over our shoulder at each and every day, wondering if today's the day that it catches up with us. It might be a sickness that's been going on for a long time. It might be uncertainty over over who we are. Many of us here are brought up in the ways of the Lord. uh, And you would think that that would be a tremendous blessing. And it is in many ways, of course, but it can lead to an identity crisis at some point in your walk in the Lord. Many of you have experienced that. I did as well. Who are you really? Why do you believe what you believe? Is it just because your parents believe it? that uncertainty about things, or if you've come to the Lord and been the Lord for a long time but still haven't quite grasped what it's all about, or perhaps you've been walking strongly but something's really knocked your confidence lately. All of a sudden, I'm uncertain about why it is I'm doing what I do. The choruses sound a bit cold. The testimonies aren't sinking in. Uh, The gift's just uh, full of thus saith the Lord's and I don't know what the rest is about. You know, sometimes we reach that point in our walk in the Lord where where that uncertainty uh, can take hold. Others may experience um, fear, anxiety, depression, other mental health issues. And they're things that you can feel like you're hunted by each and every day. You have to wake up in the morning knowing that you've got to get through the day only to go to sleep to wake up the next morning to know that you somehow got to get through the day again. Hunted. Like a prey, like that antelope that knows that in the grass somewhere is that lion. Of course, all of humanity is hunted. All of humanity is hunted by something called death. And that's something that catches up with each and every person at some point. We hope that it's later rather than sooner, but the day is coming, isn't it? And the prey, the hunted, becomes the gotten, the caught. And that's it, there isn't any more for us, or so we once thought. The question is also asked there, can the lawful captive be delivered? We have laws in our country and if you break some of those laws, uh, you'll be put in jail. Everyone knows that. Uh, Some of the more serious ones, perhaps less and less so, but there are still some very serious laws out there that if you break and the evidence is strong enough for you to be convicted, then you will go to jail. That's called being a lawful captive, I suppose. You're incarcerated. You're imprisoned. There's no way of getting out. And when we look at this again through that, through that spiritual sort of lens uh, and ask the question uh, that the Lord is asking here, can the lawful captive, the captive of sin, the captive of death that catches up with each and every one of us, can that captive be delivered? It's lawful. All sinned, so all must die. That's the law. It's called the law of sin and death. That's why we die, because of sin. And in fact, it's been going on for so long, all through the thousands of years, that we just think it's normal Well, everyone dies. It's because it's the law. So if we're captive to that, the sin and the sickness and the, and the sickness of our body and our mind and, and the difficult circumstances you sometimes have in your own life and you can see very plainly on your TV screens all around the world... And the sin that leads to the corruption of our bodies, the corruption of our world, the corruption of our governments, of our economies, of our societies, and eventually to death, has us captive, can you be delivered? Well, it's lawful. We sinned. And the soul that sins shall die, the Bible says. It's according to the law. So the question is asked here by the Lord, that antelope that's being stalked every day, can it be delivered? That captive that is rightfully behind those bars, can he be sprung Sprung out from his prison cell? That's the question that's being asked. And you and I know that in this natural life, the answer is no, no, cannot. The antelope dies. <laughs> It's the part where you shield your children's eyes when you're all watching the David Attenborough documentary together, right? Because the lion's tearing at you. Anyway, we won't go into it too much. There are still kids here. But, But you know what happens to that antelope in the end and you know what happens to the person that commits the murder or whatever it is. They go to jail. That's it. Throw the key away. So the answer is no. But the Lord's ways are better. God's ways are better than what we know, than what we get used to in this life. So let's read on. Verse 25. But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. By taken away, it means freed. means led away from that captivity, from being ruled over by the mighty or the tyrant, from the circumstances they find themselves in that held them captive, that trapped them, that there was no way out from, the Lord says, even they will be freed. We read on, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. The Lord's answer to the questions posed in verse 24, are yes and yes. The prey shall be delivered from that which would hunt it. And the lawful captive, even though they did the thing, that landed them in jail all rightfully all deservingly they will be freed because that's the lord's way it's so much better than ours and this is the very substance of the gospel message is that the lord is here to set captives free the lord is here to spring humanity if they'll have it out from their captivity out from the circumstances that are out of their control, such as that sickness, such as that uncertainty, such as that uh, mental health issue, such as sin, such as the thing that you wake up dreading each and every day, that temptation that we keep succumbing to, the trial that just seems to go on and on and on. The Lord's way is to free you from that. That's the essence of the gospel. But not just the things in this life itself, but life itself, which as we know naturally ends in death, the Lord's going to spring you from that as well. He's going to free you from that as well. That's the substance of the gospel message. When we think on these things and we try to understand them, pray them in, we realise what it is we're really part of. If you're new here tonight, what we're talking about from what's in here, in God's word, is that you don't have to die. You don't have to die. And if you do in this natural life, it doesn't have to stay that way. That's what we're talking about. We know what happens. It's the question on everyone's lips, ever since man was created, what happens when I die? That's what they're all asking, not just here. It happens everywhere. It's the question on everyone's lips, and we've made up all sorts of stories to comfort ourselves. Uncle Jake's looking down on us right now. Robbo from cricket, made this century for you. We make up all these things, but really nobody knows except us, because it's written for us. It's all laid out for us in here, and that is that you can escape. The captive can be delivered. The hunted need not be hunted anymore. The hunter need not catch up one day. That's the substance of the gospel. How does it happen? We read on in verse 25, For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children. That's how. The Lord says, I'm taking control. I'm going to get it. I'm going to hunt the hunter. That thing that's stalking you, that sickness that temptation, that trial, that uncertainty, that fear, that anxiety. I'm going to hunt it down, says the Lord, and I'm going to remove it so that you don't have to look over your shoulder anymore, so that you don't have to wake up every morning wondering how on earth you're going to get through this day, let alone the rest of your life anymore. He's going to hunt down death, says by death. He took it captive. The very thing that would take us captive, Jesus Christ took captive and defeated it. So we need not fear it. We need not fear the sickness that comes upon us. We need not fear the troubles in our mind. We need not fear the circumstances, financial, emotional, physical, whatever they be in our life that may be upon us now, that may be about to come upon us, the ones that we saw coming, the ones that we didn't see coming, the ones that were of our own making, the ones that were totally not our fault at all. Death itself need not fear any of that because the Lord has it firmly lined up. It's dead. He's contended with it and he's saved us. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. is a scripture lots and lots of people know. Uh, Unfortunately, it's often a scripture that is quoted only in isolation. But um, perhaps most of us um, know the steps of salvation. Repent, be baptized by full immersion in water, receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in tongues. That's the Bible pattern. That's how to start walking with the Lord. That's the moment when you get saved. You have to stay saved from then on, but, but that's it. Many of the churches out there won't even tell you that. They go to this scripture, which we're about to read instead, uh, and say that this is enough for salvation. Before we read that scripture, I just want to make sure we're all clear. The steps to salvation, if you're new tonight and you're thinking about becoming a Christian, if you're thinking, hey, not dying sounds pretty good, hey, not having that sickness that's troubling me sounds pretty good, hey, not having that uncertainty in my life, that anxiety in my life, that fear in my life, Hey, being able to deal with the things that I'm trying to deal with right now in a much better way, that all sounds pretty good. If you'd like that, repent, turn from your old way, be prepared to follow the Lord, be prepared to do what he says. Get baptised. We've got a baptism tank uh, and we've got an ocean, <laughs> as it turns out as well. So more than enough water, we can baptise you, receive the Holy Spirit. We can have prayer with you after this meeting uh, in the prayer room. Or even out here somewhere, uh, and you can receive the Holy Spirit and know what it's all about. Let's read this scripture here, John chapter three, verse sixteen. For God so loved the world. That means in this manner, the manner that we're about to read. This is how He loved the world. This is how God showed that He loved the world, and that includes you. This is how He did it. Right? You ready? We're going to read it. That He gave His only begotten Son. That's how He loved the world. I have two sons. I don't want to give either of them for anyone. (laughs) I can tell you right now. And most of you who are parents probably feel the same way most of the time. (laughs) Um, God probably felt the same way. But he loved you so much that he gave his only, he didn't have two, he only had one. He gave his only begotten son. So that his son, instead of you, could be hunted so that his son instead of you could be thrown into the captivity of death. That's why he gave him. He's your substitute. He's my substitute. He was tempted in all points like we are. He experienced this life in every up and down that it has to throw at us. He did it well. And for that, he was hunted down and he was killed. But the thing about Jesus Christ is that he sprung out from that captivity he sprung out from the ultimate captivity and that goes to show that you and i can too he's a trailblazer he's made the path now because he did it if you walk in the same way as him you can do it too as we read here that whosoever believeth in him believeth doesn't just mean oh yeah i believe he existed Believe means, yes, I'm ready to follow him. Yes, I'm ready to obey him. Yes, I'm ready to do what he said and do what he did. That's what believe in Jesus Christ means, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When God said he was going to contend with the thing that's taken you captive, when God said he was going to contend with the mighty one that would hunt you down, he meant it. And this is how he did it. He sent his son in your place to blaze that trail so that you, by adhering to the things that Jesus Christ said and did, can now follow. That's how he contended with it. It's probably not a way we would have, we would have picked ourselves. We maybe expected a boxing match. Jesus Christ, get in there with the tyrant, knock him out. God's ways are better. He sent his only begotten Son so that whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 and we'll finish there. Romans chapter 8, I'll read verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. There it is, encapsulated in three lines for us. The law of sin and death, we talked about that. It's the way that all mankind goes. It's the way that everyone's gone and everyone will go. That's the law of sin and death. Because of sin, we have to die. It's unfair. You didn't choose to be born into all this, did you? That was someone else's choice to bring you into this world. But as soon as you were born, you were born into sin. And that means that one day you have to die. It's unfair. It's tyrannical. And it has everyone in its its grip. But we read here that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes us free from that. It springs us out from the captivity, from the thing that's hunting us all down. Praise the Lord for that. How do you, if you haven't yet, how do you be part of this? How do you get to be part of this? The answer is right there. There's a different law. There's one that supersedes the law of sin and death. Sin may well take you to the grave, but God's got a better law that supersedes it. And if you adhere to it, you need not worry about sin and death. Instead, you can have life. And it comes by, as we read there, the spirit, the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, God's life-giving spirit. It overrides death. It takes us to where he is. It gives us immortality. It gives us incorruptibility. That's the gospel. Never forget that. When you preach the gospel to people, tell them, you don't have to die. Did you know that? Now, some people, it just won't go in. It just... It's like you said, it's nice weather today, isn't it? Others will go, what? What? And so they should, because when you think about it, it's completely contrary to what every single person on this planet knows, and that is that everyone dies. No, nah, they'll live again if they receive the Holy Spirit, if they walk in the Spirit, if they follow Jesus Christ, if they walk the path that he trod. That's the gospel. the end. Amen.